if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, do you love cooking shows? They say the new season of Top Chef is going to be fantastic, featuring a former contestant, mm. Kristen Kish. As the new ho- show host. And it's interesting when you dig into stuff like this. I was like, wow, just like a contestant gets to host it. She's a model and she's been in all kinds of like other shows and stuff. So that was kind of interesting. Second, are you a fan of Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream? They're introducing a new flavor every week this summer. And one is quite shocking. It's salted licorice. Mm. And I've got to ask our producer Griff no. about that because he loves licorice. And finally, in the world of food, how do you feel about a robot making your meal? Chipotle is testing the Autocado robot. It makes guacamole in half the time compared to humans. And mm. they also have another robot named Chippy that makes the tortilla chips. There's, they're still in the testing phases. But it'd be wild if in the future you walk into Chipotle and there's robots making your food. All right. If you're an employee and you're like worried about job security, I wonder if they ever sabotage Chippy. (laughs) I totally would. (laughs) That's why I laughed, because you're the only person I could think of. (laughs) Knock him over. (laughs) Sorry, we don't have any chips. Uh, the automated chippy machine is broken. <laughs> you got to be a little more subtle Don't know than how that. That happens. <laughs> Put a little extra oil on the hinges or something. I can't believe we're saying this. This is not good. This is not setting a good example. Okay, this is pretty fascinating. They are going to take a sport that is really popular in other parts of the world and bring it to the United States and make it popular here. It's happening right now. We're going to talk about that next. So, Kev, you follow like international sports more than anyone I know. So do you know what sport that is very popular in the rest of the world that they're trying to bring to the United States? This is the second attempt. Uh, is it rugby? It's cricket. Cri- oh, cricket. Yeah. Impossible to understand. It's <laughs> been a super popular in countries like India, England, Austria. And yeah, you have a good point. In the Wikipedia glossary of terms, there's like a shockingly long, shockingly long list of terms. So what they're going to do is they're going to bring it here to the United States. It's going to have a match that lasts only three hours and way more simplified rules that our TikTok brains <laughs> they're can dumbing handle. dumbing it down for us. Exactly. Um, maybe they should talk to Major League Baseball about that because Major League Baseball is desperately trying to make games shorter, right? That three-hour limit, people are going to be like, I don't have time for that. (laughs) Yeah, and they already had their first game. It was the Texas Super Kings and the L.A. Knight Riders. And they they had the cricket match in a refurbished minor league baseball stadium just outside of Dallas. Hmm. So think about this for a minute. This is interesting. They say there is a certain type of time of year where we all feel the healthiest. Hmm. Let's talk about it next. Okay, so I heard this headline, and I don't know about you, but I I, I love to Google. I hit Google, and then I hit the news button. I want to hear. It. I want to learn more. Google and it. so I heard someone say, "We feel the healthiest in the summer. That uh, when it, it's cold and gray weather in the winter, it gives a, a lot of us an excuse to hide out inside." Huh. I was like, "Huh? I want to learn more about that." And and so, wear and wear big bulky sweaters. Yes, <laughs> that hide everything. So I went and learned more, and guess what? It's not necessarily summer. Really, it's perfect air quotes perfect weather that makes us want to be healthier. And huh. um, the two healthiest weather conditions are sunny skies and warm temperatures. We're the least likely to care about our health 
during thunderstorms and high humidity. And that's me. Like I, you give me like perfect, like crisp, cool air. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to go outside and go for a run. And I feel so great. And my hair looks great. And then when it's like <laughs> gross and humid and it's so hot, there's a heat index. I'm like, Ugh, yeah, you got to motivate. Yourself I don't want to do go. anything. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe I could do a video and just stay in the air conditioning. But, um, they say, um, like when it's, when it's perfect weather, we like, we just want to eat healthier and exercise and take our fight vitamins and play more sports and just be be healthier because it's so nice out okay you know i hate to be the contrarian but i want to be the contrarian there's a there's a one time of the year that everyone is focused on health and the weather's awful well we'll talk about it next we're talking about what time of the year do you feel the most healthy? And you were saying people are the most active and health conscious when the weather's great. When it's mm-hmm. a bright, perfect sunny weather. day, perfect weather, no humidity, mm-hmm. like maybe sunny in 75 or mm-hmm. something. That's when people, yep. I'm here to say, nope, not true. People are most health conscious after the, the eating and partying fest that is the Christmas season. <laughs> and New Year's Eve, they start hitting you. With gym membership ads, that's when everybody goes on. I mean, even in the gym industry, it's a joke. Like for for one month, you won't be able to get a treadmill <laughs> because I, everybody's yeah. going to the gym. I totally see the point that you're making, but mm-hmm. the the research was: what time of year do you feel the healthiest? And you feel so bad about yourself <laughs> in January that that's when you try oh, so it's the to be healthy. It's not how, yeah, it's okay. all about feel. Oh, not okay. Like what are all you right. do? Put what effort yeah. are you putting into? Because come come January, every <laughs> Christmas party you went to, where you're like, ooh, mini sausage balls. Well, they're mini, so I'll have 17. Cheesecake. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Cookies. There's danger around every turn in December. Mm-hmm. We love it. Yeah. But then come January, everybody's like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. I better better take care of this. This is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. As a parent, you're probably so careful with your kids around the water, but... Man, things happen so fast. They do. These two brothers, 12-year-old Noah and 8-year-old Weston, were swimming at their apartment complex pool. And nearby, little 7-year-old Griffin had been playing in the shallow end. And he decided he wanted to kind of prove himself and be like, yeah, I can swim. I see those big boys over there. Mm -hmm. So he took his water wings off and he waded deeper and deeper into the pool and got in trouble. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, the 12 year old Noah noticed like, is he playing down there at the bottom of the pool? And he's like, Weston, go check on him. Dive down there. Check Mm -hmm. on him because he was sitting on a raft and he was in trouble. And they got him out, and their mom calls 911. And then um, the the mom of Griffin, thank God she knew CPR. Mm. And she immediately got her son breathing again. And they talked to Griffin's grandpa. So grateful. Weston and Noah, they hold a special place in my heart. And they uh, basically saved Griffin. A lot of my heroes don't wear capes. And there are two of them. Mm. Isn't that awesome? Wow. Those little observant boys saved yeah. Griffin's life. Oh, and that was, I remember going to the pool. My wife's biggest fear. She'll still say it today. Our kids are grown and she'll still see something on TV and she'll go, I don't like, I don't like kids around water. I don't like that. It's so scary because <laughs> it's silent. You know, you think guess, it would be yeah. like, help, help. I need it's, but it's so quiet. I think it's because, especially if the pool is is packed, 
it's real easy to lose sight of your kid because all of a sudden there are just like 50 oh, kids yeah. in the deep end. Where's mine? I watched, And when you can't find them, instantly oh, panic. Totally. I watched the whole thing happen on surveillance video, the story I just told you. Mm-hmm. It's shocking because yeah. it's so quiet and calm. Mm. You just had no idea I was in trouble. Coming up with the kids on summer vacation from school. Are you hearing any of these? Mom, I'm so bored. <laughs> We're going to talk about it and some solutions next. Hey, with the kids on summer vacation from school, are you hearing any of these? I'm so bored. You're not alone. Most kids complain about being bored at least once a day, seven days a week. Hmm. So what can parents do? Here are three ideas. One, create a boring jar. On slips of paper, you write things like play outside, do a puzzle, play a game, or have a tea party. And if your kid complains, they have to draw from the jar and do what the paper says. Uh, Number two, try to encourage solo play. They say it's so important for development and imagination. And finally, uh, when your kids are like, Mom, I'm bored, go outside. Take the kids to the playground, play in the backyard, go for a hike. The change of scenery is often the perfect cure for boredom. Yeah, boredom always leads to the coolest fun when we were kids anyway. Now I think boredom leads to staring at your phone (laughs) or Mm -hmm. staring at a screen. Can you imagine sometimes what it would be like to be a woman in another country how you're treated, what kind of freedoms you would have. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Kevin and I got to talk to a real-life missionary from Africa yesterday. Um, His name is John, and he's got a a ministry called God's Mighty Voice, and he tries to bring radio to these really remote places in Africa so that they can hear about the love of Christ. And we were talking to him about what it's like, and um, they're in the Congo, and he was describing to us what it's like to be a woman in the Congo. And he said they are worse like than than animals. Like mm. if if a man has to choose between his cow and his wife, he's going to probably pick his cow. Like they're just like servants, they're scum, like nobodies, and they have to get up at 4 in the morning and start grinding this grain to try to make a, like a little cake for their family to eat. And he said it's been really challenging as they share the love of Christ to try to teach the men how much Jesus loved women mm-hmm. and how he was so radical and how he loved women and appeared to the woman at the well. And the first woman who saw Jesus after he rose from the dead was a woman. And, and then Mary gave birth to Jesus and, and saw him when he was born and when he passed away on the cross. And it, it was just fascinating to me as a woman to even just begin to contemplate what that would be like, because we have so many freedoms here in the United States to vote and to drive and to wear the clothes we want and go work if we want and, you know, go to the park with our kids without wearing, you know, a burqa. And it's just, it just brought that so to life yesterday when, when Kevin and no I kidding. were talking to John, it was just When he wild. said most men, if they said you could either, one has to go, your cow or your wife. And he said, most of them would say the wife. It's like, oh my gosh, mm. John, how do you... How do you even like begin to try to change that culture, change that attitude? So you're right. Great. Grateful for life in the U.S. I mean, we're a work in progress here, but man, wow. Yeah. It's pretty stark. Yeah. It just makes you appreciate so much the freedoms we have. And then just a reminder to pray for women in other parts of the country, other parts of the world. So here's the thing that uh, got me yesterday as we were talking to this guy who was uh, a missionary 
for uh, in Africa. And he was talking about how differently women are treated there. It made me so grateful for the lives that my daughters get to live. As a dad of four, three of them daughters, the opportunities and the lives that they're just carving out for themselves are would be the stuff of what women dream of right. there. Uh, yeah. One's going into teaching. One is already at, at 22, a junior executive at an advertising firm. I mean, the lives that they're already just launching into mm-hmm. could not even be imagined there. Right. And I'm so grateful. So grateful for that. Um, different world. Every day when you wake up and your your feet hit the soil in the United States of America, despite any problems that you perceive we're having, whoo. People in other countries would trade with you for a second to have the problems we have here compared to the problems they have there. I love Facebook memories. Facebook memories are the best because it it brings back. It's like every day you get a little trip down memory lane. So I just shared with Taylor this Facebook memory that came up from three years ago. Our son, this was from July of 2020, full on. Everybody was like social distancing and masking and doing all the crazy stuff. Right. He thought he had been exposed to someone that had COVID. So he isolated in our basement for a few days. And my wife, there is a a flight of steps, a landing and another flight of steps that goes to our basement. Every day she would make him uh, food on a tray and put the tray on the landing. And she took a picture of it. There is so much bacon on that plate. I've never seen. I posted our son is isolating in our basement out of an abundance of caution. This is how my wife serves his breakfast every day. And it's just so weird when stuff like that comes up now to think of everything that we went through. And there's even a dandelion on the. Yeah, she put a flower on (laughs) it. Think about this for a minute. Do you feel like you tend to get sick every time you go on vacation? We're going to talk about that next. Does it seem like, do you kind of feel like this happens to you? You end up getting sick every time you go on vacation. When we fly, yes. I know so many people like that. You finally take the foot off the gas after all the prep to get ready to go out of town. And then all of a sudden, you got a tickle in your throat or a nagging cough. Well, it's not your imagination. There's even a medical term for it. It's called the letdown effect. No kidding. (laughs) And your body is used to functioning on high levels of stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline. And when they suddenly decrease and our immune system is exposed and we're prone to little infections and feeling way more tired, you can even uh, be prone to anxiety and panic attacks. And they say it can happen after final exams or planning a wedding. So what can you do about it? Well, they say de-stress slowly Instead of crashing and burning, do a little exercise, acclimate to rest slowly, go out for a walk, spend time in the sun, and try to get decent sleep while you're on vacation. Find ways to stress yourself every day so your body doesn't crash. Is that basically what? No, 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 no. They just said, you know, like you got to take care of yourself when you're on vacation. Uh You got to get sleep. You got to go for a walk, get a little movement, some sun in your face. (laughs) <laughs> and it'll help boost your immune system. Because the way it made it sound was like we're all like stress-filled maniacs 24-7 and our bodies can't handle it when we're not. So just throw in little stressful situations. No. <laughs> the entire, the entire <laughs> vacation. That's and not what I'm saying. You won't be rested or feel like you had a great time, but at least you won't get sick. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is what it's like for me every day. I work on these stories for the show and I never know how Kevin's going to twist them around. Does that cause you stress? Yeah. Oh, well, you're welcome. You're not going to get sick now. <laughs> I'm not on vacation, so I won't get sick. So we're talking about uh, people that get sick when they're on vacation. Uh, that happened my wife and I. She had a uh, she had a pretty serious 
medical thing happened, medical emergency when we were on our way somewhere. And she literally saved our vacay. We'll talk about it next. So we're talking about vacations. And it does seem like some, sometimes you go on vacation and you get sick. All this buildup, yeah, I'm finally going to have some me time, do stuff I want to do, like lay on the beach or, or run around with the family making memories and you get sick, right? Yeah, I know so many people it happens to them. Well, my wife didn't get sick one time, but she, I won't give the whole details, but we're on our way to Rome, Italy. And at the airport, we had a transfer in Philadelphia. She tore her meniscus. Oh. She had already done Like, how did she did self-diagnose? She had already done it to her other knee years before, so she knew it oh, right when it happened. No. And I was like, we had to catch our plane. It was a short transfer. I was like, what do you want to do? She's like, let's get on the plane. Let's go. We'll decide when we get there. Wow. That's okay. a big decision. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here's the crazy thing that happened. Uh, we get up in the air, and because of the pressure in the cabin, it made the pain intensify. <gasps> It was even worse. Ugh. Yeah. So we get to we get to Rome and I never knew this. They have like a little infirmary. I guess every airport has them. They took us right to the infirmary. We were treated like VIPs. And uh, they were like, yeah, there's nothing we can really do until you get back home and you see your doctor. You know, it's going to hurt. We can give you some pain relievers and uh, go and get yourself some crutches. And that was an adventure. Me going through Rome trying to find crutches for her wow. on day one. But other than we had to cancel a hiking tour of Mount Vesuvius. Mm-hmm. Other than that, she like soldiered on. She got rid of the crutches. Eventually she was like, we're just going to have to go slow. So she literally, literally like sucked it up buttercup yeah. and saved our trip to Rome. And we saw everything we wanted That's to awesome. see just slower. Yeah. Instead of slower what a great pace. attitude she had. I think it was all part of her because she has always said, I over plan on those vacations. Like, I want to go, go, go. Let's go to this museum. Let's go to this place. Let's go here. Let's go there. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's always said, I over plan. It's too frantic. Her dream, if you is like, I would like to just sit in a cafe and watch people walk by. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we did that because we do our one thing. Like we had like a, you know, like a tour of the Vatican and we go and do that. And then we went, found the cafe, sat and, uh, you know, sipped on cappuccino or whatever and watched the world go by. So it it did kind of turn out to be the best of both worlds for, for both of us. But had she not had it, I was trying to encourage her, like, let's not even get on the plane. We, we have travel insurance. Mm-hmm. Let's just come back later. But nope. She was like, no, I've been looking forward to this. Awesome. We are going. And off we went. It is wild how you have to just plan for the unexpected on vacation. I mean, that was pretty extreme for your wife to have a torn meniscus. But um, like my husband will help his clients like you can get coverage that'll like if you're going to another country Mm -hmm. to get you, it will cover all your medical expenses and evacuate you back home for like 30 bucks. So he helps his clients with stuff like that. But um, we went, I had a similar experience, but it was nothing like a torn meniscus at all. So I'm not even comparison, mm-hmm. comparing myself to the heroics of your wife. But we went on a vacation. Uh, it was going to be like a cycling, hiking trip to Summit County, Colorado, you know, the mountains north of Denver. And um, the first day I whacked my head on a staircase in our room. I mean, it was like I saw stars, had this big ball knot on my head. And um, and then the next day we rented mountain bikes and you put your mountain bike on the ski lift, Mm -hmm. like as if you're going to go skiing, but you bike down. Well, what we didn't notice is the bike that I that we rented for me didn't have the little rubber cap on the end of the straight handlebars like you have on a mountain bike. 
and I'm not used to that terrain. It was really like gravelly and slidey and I slid out and fell and that end went into my inner leg. Oh, and I still have a scar to this day of like an in, I have a hole in my leg. It looks like a mountain. It's like my tattoo. It's a mountain bike handlebar. Well, we didn't, I didn't want to ruin the trip. So the next day that we had this epic hike planned, I limped through a nine mile hike because I wanted to see the mountains and I wanted to experience it. And I wasn't going to let my mountain biking fall ruin our trip. This is why Taylor for Halloween that one year wore a suit made out of bubble wrap. Yes. <laughs> and everyone commented, this should be more than just a trick or treat. <laughs> Whenever you go anywhere. Have you heard about the latest trend in baby names? What is it? The biggies include a nature focus and vintage names. Okay. So here's some of the nature ones. Daisy, Iris, and Leo, which means lion, hmm. uh, really short names are super popular, like three letters, Ace, Milo, Mia, and Zion, and vintage or old Hollywood names like Clara, Evelyn, and Silas. Hmm. That's what they're seeing right now in uh, baby name trends. When you, when you said, they're, what did you call it? Like they're old fashioned or old school vintage, or something? Vintage, vintage names. Oh, vintage. Vintage names. Yes. Oh, you mean like Bill, Steve, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, like Nancy. Nor- you mean like normal names. <laughs> Are you one of those people that like twice a year you really, or twice, every time it happens, you get all into the Olympics. You're like, hmm. oh yeah, yeah, it's coming up. Got some big news for you in just a minute. Hey, if you love when the Olympics roll around every two years, like you get so excited, like, yes, this is so great. You're going to love this, especially Summer Olympics, especially gymnastics. You'll be thrilled to hear that gymnast Gabby Douglas announced she's returning to compete in 2024. Huh? She's 27 years old right now. Old lady by Olympic standards. (laughs) And she previously competed in the 2012 and the 2016 Olympic Games. She did not compete in 2020. Um, And she made history as the first U.S. gymnast to win the all-around and team titles. Hmm. So Gabby's back. Wow. I know for a fact, I I got to text my friend Cammie because both of her daughters are into gymnastics. She even works at a gym. Mm -hmm. And I bet you there were squeals in her family when the announcement came out. (laughs) I have a, a, a friend of mine on social media lives in Paris. He's a British professor in Paris. Mm -hmm. And um, the Parisians are not happy with what's happening to their city already with the Olympics coming. Interesting. (laughs) A friend of mine on Facebook just sent me a message. Hey, if either you or Taylor are planning on going on vacation soon, uh, you should have them use AI and, and see how it goes. And I messaged him back and I was like, no, I kind of like having a job and eating. So we're not going <laughs> to we're not going to encourage that yeah. just just yet. But let's talk about that AI. And do you feel like your job could be threatened because of artificial intelligence? We're talking about artificial intelligence. And do you feel like it threatens your livelihood? So some brainiacs got together. I don't know if they used AI to come up with these numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) They got together and they found that three out of five people fear their job will be eliminated in the next 10 Mm, years because of AI. Now, they didn't say like that's a realistic concern. They didn't say like, oh, oh, that's completely valid. They were just trying to get a temperature reading of the average Joe. Now, what they say is going to happen. Happen in the next 10 years, they say a quarter of skilled positions could easily be automated by AI in the next decade. Yikes. So 25, they're saying 25% could be 
out the door. If now I don't know if that means I don't I don't know what they can apply it to. It's such the wild west with AI, but like uh, you know, there's already automated. You go in a fast food place, they've got automated things, and you just hit a bunch of buttons and wait for your food to come up. Mm-hmm. So they've eliminated the front, you know, cash yeah. register people. Introverts um, dream come true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't have to um, talk to anybody. And in rate in broadcasting, everybody's terrified. Everybody's terrified because supposedly they could take your voice, like us talking. There's endless recordings of us talking, mm-hmm. and they could, you know, create new content that sounds just like you. Would think your thoughts, say your say your words, and uh, it's uh, way it, cheaper than. There's a, than a, a midday person. woman in radio here. In the, I can't remember what city. But she's already using AI. Like she's some breaks are her, some are her AI. And then if she's busy, she uses her. And she's very open about it. Like she's she was actively the first. participating in eliminating her position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like training your replacement. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's <laughs> why would you do that? Not so good. what about you? Have you thought with your job? I don't know what you do for a living, but have you thought about it? Could AI? replace you eventually and is that concerning would love to hear from you dawn are you concerned at all about artificial intelligence do you think one day it could replace you at your job i am really what do you do for a living i work for convention and visitors bureau and you think like what you do could easily be replaced i feel like the the general office aspect of what the task those types of tasks could easily um, I'm concerned about artificial intelligence just in general. Yeah, I mean, but once once it's out there and once you're, once there's like perceived cost savings done, yeah, it's that, over. I mean, as we know, like you look at the headlines, like our lawmakers are trying to rein it in. But here's what I think the deal is with artificial intelligence. It's just got to be used in the right way. So we don't want to replace anybody's job outside of the home, but inside the home. I want a robot that knows how to do laundry, a <laughs> robot that makes my dinner, and a robot that cleans my house. And I'm not talking just a little Roomba that kind of barely like, I'm talking like a robot that knows how to scrub toilets and wash windows and do weeding, all the things that I do not enjoy doing. That's where we should just be pouring all our efforts in when right. it comes to AI. Right. Curing curing diseases has got to wait. We've got to figure out how to scrub toilets first. <laughs> Well, that too. You can cure then diseases. We'll move, Just then we'll move on. Don't to that. let any scientists lose their job in the process. <laughs>